what can we do to attract the best people? How do we create the environment where they want to come in and stay? It's so hard to find the person who would be successful at the startup environment because it takes a lot of skill and energy and it's really hard uh, yeah. emotionally to be at a startup. This is why once we found such people, uh, we want to develop them into fantastic leaders. So Laura Bibby here, I'm back with another episode of Scaling So Far, the podcast where we speak to some unbelievably talented minds in the startup and scale-up space. Um, I'm really stoked to introduce our guest today, the awesome Alexia Mazarov. Alexia is HR Director for Palta, a unique community of founders, investors, and quite frankly, brilliant people who are focused on building super impactful mobile consumer products. Alexia, I've been really looking forward to our chat welcome to the podcast how are you doing this week hello good morning thank thanks so much for having me here um so for our listeners can you tell us a little bit about yourself what's your story sure sure so um i would say my career is not typical for an HR person i studied i studied finance i did quite quite well at math and physics at school uh but after graduating I actually went to work for uh, for television, sitting in the newsroom, uh, being a, an editor, a news editor, um, reporter on some events. So, somehow there was kind of a child's dream to work on TV, and that was my first real job. But um, when I came to see that, um, honestly, I cannot watch television anymore because this uh, probably is, is just not my thing. After working three years uh, on TV, I found myself at an executive search firm, uh, a local uh, Russian firm based on based in Moscow. We were doing a lot of searches for private equity, investment banking, some, some VCs as well. I've been there for six years. Great company, learned a lot there. This is how I got to new Target Global, who eventually uh, invited me to lead their HR function, where I spent another three years. And uh, then I'm here at Palta for, for the last two years already. Really interesting path into HR. That's definitely a first that I've heard of. <laughs> TV and segue into exec search. So that's super, super unique. Um, so you joined Palta, was it in 2020? That crazy um, actually, 2019, I moved to Minsk. Uh, I was still working part-time for Target Global. And uh, I also started working for Palta, which was called Hexus back then and obviously being with the company through 2020 which was a year where health and being and, and well-being quite rightly took center stage across the globe and um, what's the journey heading up HR at Palta look like so far for you? I had the the privilege and the unique experience to, to join the company where there was absolutely nothing so uh, there was not of course a single HR at Palta uh, there were no HRs at any portfolio companies apart from Flow. Flow was already quite big. They had, I guess, uh, 120 people when I joined Belta. But back then, in 2019, I think the HR team was uh, at Flow was quite weak. So now there are probably like 25, 30% of the team left. Now we have we have uh, HRs every company above 30 people. Uh, in Palta, so we have three HR managers in-house, and uh, the Flow HR team is one of the best in the market, I guess, with uh, 
lovely Anne Roberts recently joining us from Bumble. Yeah, I saw that hire. I got very excited about it. Bumble and Flow are both companies that I've followed for quite some time. And um, so just quickly as well for us, what, what exactly does Palta do? What's what's the company's mission and vision? We at Palta, uh, by us, I mean founders and people who work for Palta, we're all very much into, into health, fitness, kind of men- mental health. So the, the mission... If if I don't use big words, is actually to create valuable products that change people's lives for better, that actually deliver something. We, we believe that you can make money on both valuable and invaluable products. So why make money on like I don't know casinos and something when you can make great products that people would actually use and uh, uh, get better in their lives. So this is very very briefly what we're doing here. In terms of numbers, we have uh, probably an ambitious goal to have 100 million subscribers for, for the whole Palta family. Amazing. No, it sounds really cool and, and very like mission-driven as well, which I think is exciting. And as you said, like if you can help build companies that can genuinely change people's lives and, and how people live in a positive way, then that's definitely something that people can get behind, right? Um, so what, what have your priorities really been from an HR and, and a people perspective? You guys raised, was it 100 million Series B? Yes, yes. Busy time there. <laughs> um, so so what, what, what's been the focus for you um, as HR director there? I don't think anything has changed much since we landed this round because we just uh, got the funding. But I can tell you uh, kind of the, of my approach to, to HR. I think uh, as we are, our founders don't don't like this this word, but the closest you can you can get to what we are as a startup studio model. In this case, uh, the the larger and the more experienced the company gets, the less support they need from the parent company. And so, uh, kind of my approach to building HR teams is to have a dedicated HR professional in each company, which has over 30 uh, full-time employees, which I think is very valuable because you cannot work with with motivation. You cannot work with people from from the headquarters. You need somebody on site doing this work. So uh, I see my my major goal as uh, an HR director of Palta to first ensure the highest quality of HRs coming to join the startups. And second, creating uh, an infrastructure or an ecosystem where uh, it's easier for people to work. In terms, of, in terms of recruitment, we try to build our own talent pool that would be used by the whole portfolio so that each company would not be chasing all those engineers over and over and over again. So we have quite a few people already working on that and it really works. We have a hundred opening job openings at the moment so Mm -hmm. if a good person comes in and for some reason he or she is not hired by startup a startup b b can always come across uh, and get this person on board so that works really well and uh, we have a referral system for all team members so this is what i i mean by by an ecosystem also there's a lot of expertise uh, at palta or advisors that will work with that the uh, internal HRs can come over and get because a small at a small company of course you cannot hire a super senior HR who knows this and that and is super professional so we hire young and ambitious people 
who want to learn. And uh, also one of, one of my goals is to give them uh, everything they need in order to be able to deliver properly. Your point on um, essentially take it or bringing the first HR leader on the ground into those startups that you, you partner with, um, is that is that is is that right? It's the first. It's really the first HR person on the ground in those companies. The only exception would be Flow because when I joined, they already had an HR team. But for for all the all the other companies uh, that has been there and that we launched, there has never been an HR person. You you said that you know your your goal is to bring in the highest quality person for that role. What does that person look like? For you, like you know, what are their their where are their strengths these days? Yeah, happy happy to talk about that. I had an opportunity to see how it works with various profiles, especially we had uh, HRs with uh, extensive recruitment background coming in, and we also for one of our companies hired a very skilled HR manager. All of those companies were kind of fifty to seventy people headcount. With us. I think a recruitment background works much better because at a startup, recruitment is critical. So you can live without almost anything, right? So you can have Excel spreadsheets, you cannot have like do engagement surveys and you can have a bit of a mess in HR admin, but if you're not hiring, you're not growing. So uh, recruitment is critical. And in my view, recruitment and HR management are a bit kind of two different worlds actually. So. There are people who are, who are good at both of that, but usually you're either a great recruiter or a great HR person. So for us, for our startups, we start with a recruiter. And then as the company grows, I would say closer to 90 or 100 people, then mm -hmm. it makes sense to also have an HR person. What makes the HR person and the recruiter different? Sorry, I'm digging into this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I've been in both worlds, so mm. I can tell you my experience. Recruitment is uh, is a sales mentality. Someone might not like it, but you're actually making deals, right? You get all the dopamine and uh, the pleasure of making those deals. You're selling the opportunity and then you're closing, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And it, uh, it it's really such a great feeling when you see that you have found the right person and the right person has found, has landed the dream job. And it really works out and everybody's happy. Uh, it's a great feeling. Uh, and I think this is what actually makes uh, recruiters stay in the profession. As for HR, this is closer to maybe to finance. Of course, it's not finance, but it's more on the process side. So a great HR person, in my view, of course, is someone who can uh, build and scale a process. This is, this is a bit of a different mentality. And uh, the drivers are a bit different thanks for going into that a bit more and um, and you've a ton of experience in hr specifically obviously prior to powder as you mentioned being at target global and um, and and what's one of your biggest learnings would you say when it comes to people practices um or hr specifically for that sort of fast growing startup scale up phase mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. So I'm I'm much more of a recruiter than of an HR person. So uh, probably my learnings would be therefore connected to the recruitment uh, field. So the key learning for a startup is don't hesitate to fire the the wrong people because uh, at small teams having the wrong person is critical to the overall feel of the team and to the overall output. 
So uh, at a team of 10, the wrong person is critical. At a team of 1,000, you might have hundreds of wrong people and it still work, works. So my advice for a startup, take your time when, when you're recruiting someone, better spend another two or three months looking for the right person. But if your bet was wrong, let the person go. Don't give a chance and another chance and another chance. The likelihood is as well, they're feeling that. If you're feeling that way, they recognize that and that they feel that the similar way or they're conscious of it as well. So have that open conversation. I think it really depends on the scale of the company. If you're a big company, then of course you have, first of all, you have the time to, to put it more into the people. Uh, you have the process, you have all the kind of uh, managerial process in place. At a startup, you never have that. So the person yeah. has to be more more individual. And uh, the managers usually don't, unfortunately, don't have the time and sometimes the skills uh, yeah. to develop the people. So yeah. um, if it doesn't work out, unfortunately, at a startup, usually it means that it's better just to let the person go. And as you say, you take your time to make the right hire versus rushing into it and then down the line having to do that. So yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. So on the flip side of, you know, the, the biggest bit of advice or the biggest learnings, um, is there any advice out there that you have heard that you'd recommend people just totally avoid? like myths that you think need to be dispelled when it comes to HR and, and talent practices for, for earlier stage organizations? I was, I was thinking the most about this question, honestly, when you, when you sent me uh, the preview. There is, of course, a lot of stuff you read on LinkedIn, which is about uh, <clears throat> uh, find a job that you love and you'll never have to work another day. But I think <laughs> it's so ridiculous that it doesn't even worth, it's not even yeah. worth talking about. But I think... So talking about startups, which is my thing, uh, yeah. the actual myth is that um, you actually can predict how successful a person would be at a startup. In fact, you always make a bet because so much unpredictable things at a startup that um, you can always, you can try to be more logical. You can do whatever assessment it takes. You, you can and you should listen to your gut feel, mm. but you can never actually predict how great the person would be. You just have to live with that. And uh, that's this is why previously I talked about that you have to be ready to let the person go uh, because sometimes you would think, oh, I made a mistake and this and that, but th th that's just startup life. Uh, yeah. This is not Microsoft or Google or whatsoever. Cool. Um, so for yourself and the team at, at Powter, what's on the HR and people agenda over the coming year? What are you really doubling down on? First uh, thing for us still, recruitment is the, the key thing. So our companies are growing very fast. We have 100 open vacancies at Flow and we have another 100 for the rest of the portfolio. So and it's every year it gets harder and harder to to get uh, the right people because pre-COVID we thought wow the recruitment market is so tough COVID we thought wow hiring during COVID times is so difficult now mm -hmm. I think wow that has been not that bad now now is actually when you're struggling to to get the best people because there are more and more and more startups and uh, everybody's competing for for the best talent so this is of course always um, 
a challenge to us. What can we do to attract the best people? How do we create the environment where they want to come in and stay? Second is uh, development of the leadership team. Yeah. As we discussed earlier, it's so hard to find the person who would be successful at the startup environment because it takes a lot of skill and energy and it's really hard uh, yeah. emotionally to be at a startup. This is why once we've found such people, uh, we want to, to develop them into fantastic leaders. But this is what we haven't been doing enough over the last year. And this is what we want to focus on. Yeah. Next year. And third, I also mentioned that previously, everything with regards to HR automation, uh, integration, anything where we can use the potential of having nine companies instead of one. So where we can yeah. work out on, on the scale. The point on leadership development especially is it's a really tough market at the moment. Um, and as you quite rightly said in, your, in the first point that you made, really really tough um so when you've got great talent don't lose them because you're only going to have to go back into that tough market so that development of the leadership team will help you from a retention perspective as well um and to really keep those people engaged and on board so yeah if you've got awesome people do what you can to keep them around so the Powter family you guys have got nine is it nine startups across the uk usa eu and russia and belarus and ukraine Yes, right? we don't have anyone in the US, so just okay. Europe and post-Soviet. Cool, and 600-odd employees total across across the board. Um, yes. How do you go about people planning for scale? Are there certain frameworks or processes that you advise on when it comes to, to building teams at these companies? This is not my strongest part, and it, again, it really depends on the scale of the company. Um, yeah. For example, Flow who are very big, they, I think, look like just most of the quite established companies uh, in tech. So they have a hiring plan, they, they, they go, they stick with the hiring plan. But for the smaller companies, it's, uh, uh, we have to be more agile. The leadership team can never uh, tell us that, okay, guys, we need 20 developers by the end of this year. So they never know. They might need 10, they might need 20. So we all have to be prepared to always go an extra mile to get more than, than has been planned. For, for a very small company, which is just developing, I don't think it's really possible uh, to be super precise in resource planning. It all, de it all depends on how fast the, the product is growing. Hiring plans do change, especially at that early stage. Um, things evolve so quickly and you know the product roadmap changes there's an evolution in a certain team and you have to be able to be agile and adapt with that um, otherwise you become stagnant that's like the time that the company is just this growing moving organism more than ever you have to be able to move quickly with it and, and being agile is a massive massive part of that so um, and when it comes to like compensation stock options benefits um, the whole shebang. How do you ensure that the companies in the Powder family remain competitive? Like, what are some of the trends that you're seeing um, or feel might be upcoming, especially with regards to to compensation and benefits packages for those sort of fast-growing early-stage companies? Well, we definitely uh, try to keep our salaries competitive. We operate in uh, in a lot of markets, so 
salaries are of course di different in Russia, Ukraine, Poland, Germany, Spain. In terms of salaries, we stick to the local market. We don't offer the top 10% pay. People joining us from Google or Facebook are going for a lower salary usually, sometimes for much lower salary. But uh, we are very generous in uh, equity offering. With us, first of all, every team member gets equity. So starting from an office manager to a CTO. And uh, I think, I'm not sure I can tell the, the exact amount, but I know that with equities, we're definitely in top 5% top of the offering on, on the market. So we offer a lot and uh, the companies are growing really fast. So this mm -hmm. is, I think, the key, the key thing that makes us competitive. But I think as well for, for Powter's companies, a massive part of the candidate draw, I would assume, is, is the, the mission and the purpose, the fact that they're so purpose-driven. Like, of course, everybody wants great comp and bends, <laughs> but a big draw for an individual would be the fact that it's an impactful, mission-driven company that they'd be joining. Um, and that might just be my personal opinion, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure, sure. This uh, this helps a lot. Uh, so people who are fitness fans uh, who think about their well-being, they just want to be a part of that. They want to work with people who are into that as well. So it really it really helps for us. It's uh, it's not just words. It's it's the way we live. Our yeah. founder gets at five a.m. each morning for a long meditation and uh, then running and cycling sessions. So yeah, that's important and people feel that. And this is also why we can get some of the best people around. Yeah, it's definitely part of the culture um, by the sounds of it. So to keep people like retained and loyal and, and really engaged in their roles, what do you feel employees are looking for from, from startups and scale-ups these days? I was recently uh, doing kind of a research for our career website. And uh, I had some talks with uh, uh, new joiners, uh, with, some, with some old folks at Palta to see what, what is it that actually keeps them here. This is of course uh, quite different for various types of people. So for developers, it's one thing, for marketing people is the other thing, but to, to name something that would probably be relevant for 80% of the people. So first it's the cutting edge tech. So our companies work with the most recent, uh, all the fancy modern technologies and frameworks. This is very important for coders. This is very important for product people who want to, who don't work kind of out of date uh, legacy things that you have a lot in large tech and banks and whatsoever. So. Once you're here, you're only working with modern stack. Of course, it's the dynamic, fast-paced environment, uh, no bureaucracy, and the very, very rapid development cycle. So you can actually feel and see how your work uh, is impactful. And mm. uh, you don't spend a year coding and just to see one line of code being uh, implemented, right? So at the startup, it's, of course, totally totally different. What we mentioned before, the value, the mission, and uh, it's important for many people. We, we hire a lot in, uh, in the post-Soviet, in Russia, Ukraine, Belarus. There are not so many companies in, uh, in this region that, first of all, have these values, who live by them, and who have the global impact. I think some massive points in there, especially that 
we've certainly seen as well it's the fact that because we we partner with startups and scale-ups and our people love the fact that they're working with super cool companies who are doing super cool stuff (laughs) and it's genuinely awesome tech like it's it's what keeps people engaged and motivated um so yeah i i think we've got some shared (laughs) shared passions in some some way i i I can say that we kind of combine the best out of two worlds the startup and the corporate so we have the benefits of the startup but we also have the financial stability of the corporate we have the the community and uh, the access to kind of knowledge base and expert that you have at a larger firm uh, which you don't always have at a a smaller startup so um, we can offer both uh, something from the startup world, something from the corporate world, and yeah. the combination of that makes it makes it very interesting. Perfect balance. <laughs> awesome. And just a couple of lighthearted questions to to finish up. Is there anything that you're super passionate about um, that you really find a lot of joy in? This can, of course, be professional, personal, or a bit of both. Okay. So as I said, um. I have a recruitment background and I still feel more of a recruiter than an HR person. So I actually love building teams. Uh, and uh, it's my passion to, to think who would work with whom, who's a good fit, who's not, what team structures work, what team structures doesn't work, what should I do to kind of, uh, what are the strengths of this team and who would be the right person to feel the voids that uh, this team has. So I'm really passionate about that. And my current role gives me access to nine wonderful companies. So it's it's a lot to play around with. And uh, this, this keeps myself personally motivated and engaged. And this is why I get up every morning to do my job. <laughs> I wanted to say go to work, but we don't go to work anymore. We just <laughs> open, up, open the laptop. <laughs> nice. So much that goes into that as well, like the thought process that goes into, um, yeah, what's missing. And I think that's a really key piece that um, I think people go out to say, what do I want? What do I want? I want an excellent person at this or, you know, the best person at this um, skill or coding language. But actually what's sometimes better is to look at the current team structure and makeup and say, what's missing? Like I might want something else, but really what is going to be better for the team is to find out what is missing and how I can find that person and add to that. So it's almost like um, a puzzle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With, with people, you never know what's the actual shape and it can change in, very, in different conditions. So it's uh, a very, a very tricky puzzle. That's true. <laughs> um, and anything personally that you're, you're passionate about? Apart from my family and my work, the only thing I have time to is music, which I spent all my free time. So I'm a drummer. I play with a band uh, for, for 10 years already. So we do, yeah, we do, some, we do some shows, we do recordings. It's also a great thing. Uh, I totally love it. And each year it just gets better and better. So I started playing music uh, at, at 14 which is not too early, like you usually start doing music earlier. But that was my decision and I'm doing that ever since. Awesome. And is there a value or a thought or a phrase that that you tend to live by, Alexia? I would would like to 
to answer this question a bit differently. So there is not a single value or a single phrase that I actually live by, but uh, I was thinking, has there been any kind of leaders or any thoughts or any books that I read recently and that has um, made a dramatic input, uh, impact on myself? So yeah. the like to put the number one, that would probably be um, thinking fast and slow. Um, so I would recommend this book to every HR person, every recruiter, like every manager, because uh, you just start to understand how brain works. Um, and uh, actually, I'm a big fan of that. So I've read uh, a lot of Sapolsky as well, which I, I think is also brilliant in terms of understanding the uh, deep motivators of people. And once you know that, you can build other layers uh, and understand how to work with people, how to work with engagement, what to pay attention to. And yeah. um, I think one of the one of the first books that I read, no surprise, was Work Rules by Laszlo Bok, which was probably uh, when it was long time ago at the executive search company was my introduction to the world of HR. And uh, yeah. I still love it, although it's uh, a fancy advertising of Google as well. But I, I just like the attitude and the approach. And usually it's not possible to take the exact lessons from the book, but if you... Uh, uh, inherit the approach and the, the way of thinking those people apply, then you can be very successful at people management, I believe. And is there a, a people leader or a mentor source of inspiration um, that you have? Um, someone that you maybe admire or think has a unique or impactful approach to, to scaling, especially from a people perspective? I really learn a lot from the from the founders that we work with, they are all very different. Um, they have different tracks, track records. So it's really motivating to work with those people. We're super ambitious, super energetic. Again, as we have this unique community of people, uh, you don't need a source of inspiration outside Palta. So we have such great team here that, that that's enough. Um, also, I have, a, I have a little daughter. She's now four. I learned a lot from her as well, seeing... Uh, how she grows and how she changes her attitude to things. That's a huge inspiration for me as well. So maybe um, wouldn't can think of someone who would be more important to me right now. I mean, she quite rightly deserves that most important place, I'm sure. <laughs> That's amazing. No, and I think there's also, again, back to like seeing how people's minds work, that it, there's something incredible about seeing a child grow and how they look at the world and their different perspectives and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely love that. Alexei, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. And um, yeah, I learned a ton about your journey and, and Palter as well and what you guys are doing. I think it's brilliant that, as you say, you've got such a community of incredible minds and founders and um, the companies that you're working with are so, are so mission-led as well and genuinely changing the world and, and how people work and operate um, and live, essentially. So, yeah, it was really, really great to speak to you today and um, I'm sure we'll speak soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me over. 